Copeland talking, and this is episode six of the Copeland's Corner podcast. Uh, we're going to try to get back to uh, somewhat normal in terms of the format of, uh, of the program. A little bit later on, we'll have some comics and we'll see what we can do. Usually, I say we'll have some fun with some of the news of the week. There's not a lot that's fun, so we're just going to we're just going to analyze the news of the week. How about that? Uh, that'll be a little bit later on. Uh, but to start with, I wanted to to talk about dealing with this shelter in place that uh, so many millions of Americans are dealing with. We're under, I feel like I'm under house arrest. All I need is an ankle bracelet. <laughs> so joining me, joining me uh, on the Copeland's Corner live line is uh, my, my favorite psychotherapist. Uh, she's the author of the book, The Love Fix, Repair and Restore Your Relationship Now, Dr. Tara Fields. Thanks for being with me, Tara. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Brian. Um, okay. I am I'm going stir crazy. That, that's the that's the first thing. I'm absolutely going stir crazy. I, I can go out and I walk the dog for about half an hour, 45 minutes a day. Uh, I Every once in a while, I get out and go stand in line in Safeway for toilet paper, which they're out of by the time that they get to me. Other than that, I'm about ready to jump out of my skin. So I know I'm not alone. So what advice would you give those of us who feel like we're stir crazy and under house arrest? Yeah, the, the first thing is you really do have to acknowledge that life as you knew it a couple of weeks ago is has changed radically. And there's an opportunity here. You know, in Buddhism, there's a symbol which is op- there's either opportunity or there's conflict. And there are so so many opportunities, first of all, to do things that you've never done before. People are offering all kinds of classes online, on Zoom, that normally would be very expensive. Maybe you've thought of learning how to do kundalini yoga, but you thought, oh, no, I'm going to look like a fool, or I don't have time for that. So this is a time to push out of your comfort zone and reframe what's going on and see the opportunity. In addition, you have to really be mindful of your self-talk. Because your feelings are a result of what you're listening to, what you're telling yourself, what you're exposed to. So it's very important not to keep the news on 24-7. Watch your local news so that you see what's going on. But it, it becomes you become very habituated to just taking in the negative. And for sure, for those people that are prone to depression and anxiety, you're just going to start laying down these new neural pathways that will be focused only on the negative and it will be impossible, impossible to be in the moment and find something positive. So also talking about the positive, here's the first remedy. When you wake up in the morning, for so many people, the automatic response is to turn on the radio, turn on the news, pick up your cell phone. Before first thing. First thing I do. Exactly. Okay. So here's here's what's going to make a dramatic difference. I promise you. And this is a matter you are retraining your brain, even if you feel like you're going through the motions. You write down three things that you feel happy about, positive about, or grateful about. And I'm telling you, Brian, even if you think there's nothing, I'm looking outside today. I have never seen the sky as blue as it's been lately. The clouds have never looked this way. The mortgage is paid. 
and my my doggy sitting here right next to me and bringing me great comfort. Um, my husband found a mask that was never used before. <laughs> so so you know, and it's it's it. What happens is then you start creating these new neural pathways in your brain that will start looking for the positive. And in terms of relationships, that is the number one thing that I offer couples. And people must do this now because even the best of relationships are going to get strained. So if you're living at home, it also can be with your kids. It can be Mm -hmm. with anyone. Every single day, find three things that you feel appreciative or grateful for. You know, I am so grateful my husband is out there doing all the errands, everything. I don't have to nag him about a honey-do list. He's just on it. That's really wonderful. So you know, it's about practicing I, gratitude. And, that, and, that, and I, it's something I do try to do. I try to think of three, three things I'm grateful for before my foot hits the floor from the bed. I do try to do that every morning. Okay, but let's but, go back to something you mentioned just a second ago. You were talking sure. about people deal with depression and, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's well known that I, I suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been that bad since I've been under lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm here with my son. So mm-hmm. I'm not by myself. What which advice would you give to somebody who suffers from depression, who is alone, who is is in okay. their house or their apartment, and they they're all by themselves? Okay, that that is so so important because this is a very vulnerable time with anybody that has a pre existing, um, uh, pre existing any kind of whether it's it's mental or physical. So if anybody out there has worked with a therapist in the past. And you think, oh, God, I don't want to do a Skype session or I don't want to impose my professional organization and my licensing board and other therapists. Almost all of them are up and running now on Skype and, you know, regulations that made it very challenging before have been loosened. So what you have to do is reach out to your therapist. And even if you've never been in therapy, there are so many resources. There are even virtual support groups for people that are depressed. The other thing is you've got to be really mindful of how you protect yourself from depression when it comes to food, exercise, alcohol. It would be very easy right now to say, oh, you know, I'm, I, this is really awful. It's really stressful. So I can eat that half a cake. So I mean, a lot of comfort food. I, oh, I will no. tell you that. Oh. I mean, a lot of comfort food. Okay. And stuff I don't usually eat. Okay, that's right. So what you have to do is snap out of it, Brian. The same way I'm telling people, and this is also, especially if you're prone to depression, you have to get up in the morning, you have to take a shower or a bath, whatever you do, and you have to get dressed. Then you have to eat your normal breakfast, your normal lunch, your normal dinner. All these people that are out there hoarding food, oh my God, it's the end of the world. But now they're eating all the food. They're eating (laughs) twice as much. You know, so then it becomes a really bad habit, which is now I've got to go back to Costco and get another dozen donuts. No. So you really have to be as disciplined as you were before. The other... The other physical tool that really will protect you from depression, even for people that have never had it before in anxiety, is exercise. And, you know, some people are saving a lot of money from their yoga memberships and their gym memberships. So go ahead and splurge and order, you know, a rebounder. They're really, really cheap. What's a rebounder? Because I need something. 
Yeah, mini, they're mini trampolines. They're about a hundred bucks. Get one with a bar because they're great for your lymphatic system, which strengthens your immune system. But also you want to get those chemicals going in your brain. On the days that you can go outside, research has shown that people that do the identical exercise outside that they were doing on the inside have a much greater greater protection against depression. And also the sunlight, you want to take in that sunlight. So the sunlight and exercising outside is really going to help with depression and keep you away from the sugar, Brian. All right. All right. I will stay away from the sugar. I promise. I will stay away from the sugar. Let me give you one more trick. And it sounds kind of like, eh, it's not much. Breathing. Breathing is your friend right now. Minimally do four counts in, hold for four count, and breathe out for six. It starts de-escalating your your system, and it, it so it so basically it calms you down. It brings you back to the moment because people that are depressed and anxious, going back to what I started to say earlier, is so much of your negative feelings are a result of your self talk. So if you start catastrophizing or future mm-hmm. tripping, it helps bring mm-hmm. you back in the moment. For president, mindfulness mindfulness is important right now. Mindfulness, so you, mindfulness is, and you got to work that muscle. Be in the moment. Of course, you've got to do some planning, you know, healthy planning for the future. But otherwise, when your mind starts taking you down that rat hole that you know is just ruminating, it's not problem solving, you have to say stop or delete. So if you know it's only going to create anxiety or depression, you have to stop that and replace it with the positive and also physically move out of that spot. Even if you just walk across the room, you've got to snap yourself out of that moment when you're starting to panic. Uh, one of the, the uh, speculations right now I'm reading about uh, in several publications is that there may end up being a baby boom as the result of this. That's if you're right. betting, is there going to be a baby boom? Yeah. One of two things is going to happen. And in the book, I talk about when there's tragedy, when there's trauma, where there's something going on, couples are either going to grow together or grow apart. So this time next year, there's going to be double the divorces and I believe double the birth rate. So those are the couples that say, hey, honey, here's a creative way to reduce the stress. But just remember, especially for women, in order to feel open sexually, you have to feel open emotionally. So this is also a time, and I'm seeing these patterns really come up strongly with couples, is that women need to talk about their feelings. And men, because you're so lovely and you want to fix things, you immediately say, eh, it's really not that bad, or let me fix it then we start catastrophizing more and you start denying more. So if you want to be in that group that ends up having a baby next year, listen to each other and create. use this time to create more intimacy. One more quick relationship tip, and almost all of these are in, in the love fix. Couples that do something that's new to both of them have a much stronger bond. So going back to what you said in the beginning, you're stir crazy, you know, you don't know what to do. This is a time to try all kinds of new things. And let me, let me, let me give you a couple of really great um, sites that you can go to. Yoga Works, I have an annual membership there. They are offering their free live classes to everybody every day. So say to your partner or your son or anyone, my dog jo- joins in for all my yoga classes, 
hey, we always wanted to try, you know, gentle yoga or therapeutic mm-hmm. yoga or yin yoga or whatever. Do it together. And here's the really cool thing. If you've ever felt kind of intimidated by any new activity, nobody can see you because even if nobody, you know, that, that nobody. is the upside. Nobody can see you. That's, that's, that's the right. upside. That's right, because even if it's on Zoom, you can turn the camera off. So what a great time to try some of this stuff that you didn't want to try. Oh, I'm afraid if I do tree pose, I'm going to fall down and be a fool. This is and do it with your partner. Do it with your kids. They have kids yoga classes. So there is so much to do. I don't want to hear that anybody's bored. I don't. <laughs> I don't well, want we'll to hear that it. We'll make sure that we put these these sites in the show notes for the podcast. I want one other thing. I'm going to get back to you, Brian. You know I love you, and we have that kind of relationship. I don't want to hear try. I try to think of three positive things when I wake up in the morning. I want you to get a notebook, old school. I know they exist, or a pad of paper. I want you to write down three things that you feel positive, grateful, happy about before you touch your phone. Do or do not, there is no try, as the great Yoda says. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right, I promise I will write three things down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, leave you with this, uh, this final question, and this uh, is something on a, on a, a much more dire note. There's a, an article in the Washington Post this morning about how domestic violence is mm-hmm. expected to increase with oh. the stay at home. Because normally, if you're in a situation where you've got a woman who's being beaten, uh, or who's being abused, you tell her to get out, you tell her to leave. But now for her to, to stay there, she risks her life and to leave, she risks her life. In addition to that, uh, the, the confinement is giving some survivors of domestic violence PTSD. What wow. advice would you give for women in, in uh, women or men in, in, in those kinds of abusive situations where you're stuck with your abuser? Yeah, so so I can almost guarantee the same way I've been researching 12-step programs because it's a very, very challenging time for people that are dealing with drugs, alcohol, even food. But the same is true for people that are, cannot control their anger and for women that are in those vulnerable situations. I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I hadn't even thought about it, that there are virtual support groups, that there are hotlines you can call. And I am going to assume that the people that do this all the time support women and men who have to get out of violent situations already have a plan for you. But the most important thing when you're in a situation like that is you must reach out to somebody, make one phone call because people are are so much more altruistic and want to help. Now, you may tell that one person and because you may be anxious, they're going to go out and do the research for you or come up with a plan. So the Mm -hmm. most important thing is to reach out to someone. And if you're someone who's, thank God you've recovered and made amends, for your violence, for your abuse, for your anger. You have to know it's a, it's a very vulnerable time for you. And alcohol and violence go hand in hand. So my suggestion also is, if you know that's you, you, you log on to a virtual 12-step meeting or you get the alcohol out of your house. Because again, usually when there's violence, there's alcohol involved as well. Dr. Tara Fields, the book is The Love Fix, Repair and Restore Your Relationship. I really appreciate you doing the program. Thank you so much. Always my pleasure. Take care. Be well. You too. Okay, we're going to start. We're going to try an interesting experiment. 
usually with headliners on the headlines, we are all in the same room and the comics are kind of cutting it up. You know, we, we all sit together and just kind of riff. Uh, so we're doing this from different locations because we are socially distancing as we're supposed to. I am here in San Leandro, California, and I am sitting at my dining room table looking out the window as I do this. Uh, joining me is Damon Ferguson. Damon, where are you? I'm in my backyard under a pop-up sunshade with a cup of coffee and uh, birds chirping. And Shanti Turan, where are you? I'm in Los Angeles, far away from you guys. You're in L.A., so we'll see if we can make this work from three different locations. So, so let's start with this. Um, the post office has been in trouble for a while, and the coronavirus issue has decimated the post office even more so than usual. People just are not mailing. They'll mail a couple of packages, but mail itself has been decimated. And and they're saying that unless they get some major financial help from Congress by summer, the post office may go under. There may not be a post office. So here's my question. Do we really even need the post office? We got email, we got UPS, we've got FedEx. When's the last time you actually wrote a letter to somebody or sent somebody a Christmas card? Do we need the post office? Yes, we need the post office. I got, uh, I send Christmas cards every year. My 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 phone bill came in the mail, so they're getting something. Done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I get in the mail. It's in it's bills. Nothing yeah, else yeah, comes yeah. in the mail from me but bills. I think the post office has to adjust, but I think we've got a, it's a, it's a, it's a major part of this country. It's, it's one of the coolest things that we have going on that you can, you know, put 50 cents on an envelope and, and send a letter to somebody. Uh, my, my kids, uh, uh, teachers are sending them letters in the mail. Uh, I think the post office is absolutely worth saving. And I think the post office, it's a great government job. You know, it allows people to unionize and work there for a while and, you know, I don't want Jeff Bezos in charge of everything. And, you know, we get everything off Amazon and that's just him dictating things there. So I think in, in regards to employment, the post office is a great government job opportunity. I had not thought of it in terms of that because um, I, I thought of it in terms of, you know, there's nothing that the post office offers that you can't get someplace else in terms True. of email, in terms of shipping. But, but you are right in terms of it being a, a source of government employees, uh, uh, government employment. And so where do all those jobs go if, in fact, the post office goes under? And do we really um, want all of our communications privatized? I mean, that's essentially what, what's, what's going to happen is all of our yeah. communications will be privatized if we lose the post office. OK, speaking of something else that we may lose, did, did either of you see the movie The Invisible Man? It's on my list. It looks really It's great. <laughs> it's great. I saw it about a week before the shutdown. It ran for three weeks, cost $9 million, and grossed something like $123 million worldwide in, in, in the first three weeks. Uh, and so now it is available on digital, and it is the earliest film to, be a, 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 to, to go from the screen to digital in the history of the formats. Usually it's 90 days they wait mm -hmm. after a movie's been out of the theater. Well, because of the fact that all the movie theaters in the country are closed, they are, are putting films out. There's another one called The Hunt uh, that I think had been out for a week, and that's available now on digital. So one of the things that Hollywood and Hollywood exhibitors are afraid of is that once this is over... Um, people are not going to want to go to movie theaters anymore. 
because you, if, if, if in fact uh, Hollywood puts movies out fast or something they've talked about for years, and that is having simultaneous openings where you can go to the theater and see the same or see the same movie at home, people are not going to go out. Do you think that we're going to see the end of theaters or are you going to see a, a big contraction in the number of theaters once this is all over? I think so. I mean, I, look, I I prefer a movie. My sound system is almost as good. I got a 50 inch screen. It's not a 30 foot screen, but. Still, I don't have to wear good. pants. That's a big plus for me. No <laughs> I agree. Honestly, I hate wearing pants too. And then I hate looking at people's cell phone screens and, you know, the way they sit, if they're bouncing on my chair, you know, all these things that are distractors to me that I can avoid if I stay home. So I honestly would enjoy watching a new movie at home rather than going out, depending on the film. Like, like some movies visually, you need to see that giant screen, you know, like I remember when Avatar came out, I was like, I got to watch it on yeah. the screen. But other than that, I feel like a lot of movies can qualify for at home screenings. Like a, a Star Wars movie or an Avatar movie, you want it to be big. But I think what it's going to do is it's going to force the theaters to start offering some more benefits, you know, some more value. Yeah, like alcohol. Uh, you, know, you know, I I belong to that AMC thing where it, it's like the because I love the movies and and it's it's a great deal. It's twenty bucks a month or nineteen ninety nine a month, and you can see it the three movies a week. And they've got recliner chairs that are like the, that are like my lazy boy at home. They've got a full bar. They, yep. So there are a lot of amenities. The only difference is you know I'm not at home. I'm not paying twenty bucks for my popcorn. Right. And I, I think they're going to have to add more of it and make it more of an experience. And I think that's the only way they're going to survive. It, it would it would keep you home if there were films that aren't that aren't big special effects films like an Avengers movie you want to see on the big screen, but just you know a, a movie like The Invisible Man that you want to see. If it came out the same day in the theater, you'd stay home and watch it. Totally, of course I would. And, and kids I'm movies, my goodness, I would stay home for kids movies. Totally. And $20. Why spend that on your children's $20, $20 a head for each of your kids when you can just have them at home watching Onward on, uh, you know, for $20 for the whole family? It's, you know, makes sense. It cost, it cost me almost 100 bucks to take my my family to the movies. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does. Yeah. By the time you pay to get in and the kids want popcorn and you pay for you pay, you know, $7 for a soda. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. $7 bag of M&M's. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's at least 65, 70. And also going to these That's movies make people want those unhealthy foods because it's so nostalgic and connected. You're like, I want this bad popcorn with extra butter on it. I want this chocolate and this Coca-Cola and this hot dog. But when do we really eat foods like that? And so if we were watching it at home. Every day, Shanti, every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> My at-home popcorn puts movie theater butter to shame. <laughs> Shanti, you're right about the food, though, because I'm telling you that I, every time I go to the movies, I get raisinets, and I've never had a raisinette outside of a movie theater in my sure. life. Exactly. Junior Mint. I'm, I'm inhaling Junior Mint. When do I ever eat that aside from, oh, I'm at a movie. I should get those Junior Mints, you know? It's I like the crap they serve at the fair. You know, like fried Twinkies and stuff like that at the fair. Do you eat that stuff? Do you actually eat that stuff? No, I've tried it once, but fried Twinkies are gross. I tried it once. We got like one for six people, and we all tried a little bit, and it was nasty. <laughs> yeah, it usually is. It's like some Nazi chef <laughs> came up with, you know, decided to experiment in his laboratory. Viva Frazis, Twinkie! <laughs> A lot, a lot of the world is going to change 
that they're saying once this is over and once we are, are able to, to go about life again, life, life will never be as it was as we knew it before this crisis. And one of the things, one of the conventions that um, experts are saying we are going to see go away completely is handshaking. People are going to stop shaking hands. Um, and infectious disease doctors have wanted to see that custom go away for a long time because they say it's the fastest way that next to doorknobs that colds are transmitted, flus are transmitted. It doesn't have to be anything that's deadly, but you're, but, but shaking hands is dangerous. I never thought of it that way. So, oh. I mean, is it a bad thing? I love that idea for it to go away. As a comedian, after shows, people want to shake hands. I hate it. i rather hug a person, not in these times, but I don't know where your hand's been. I don't know if you itched your butt and then now I'm going to touch your hand. I don't know if you stuck it up your nose. People don't wash yeah. their hands prior to this pandemic people don't wash their hands after everything they touch their keyboards their their cell phones gas when you're getting gas you know how dirty yeah. those handles are and then you want to oh yeah yeah hand after yeah. Or you might as well just mouth exactly i don't i don't i'm not down with it so i i love the idea of not taking <laughs> hands elbows all the way well they're saying fist bumps they're saying fist bumps and in fact, in Italy, I think that they, you know, in, in light of the pandemic, that they have banned or tried to ban hugging and, and cheek kissing. I'll argue in favor of handshakes for a minute, though. It is kind of a human connection. I mean, there's something about you're gripping someone's hand firmly. You're looking them in the eye. You let them yeah. know that you're there. They're there. There's, there's something to that. It's, that's not nothing. Well, they say that if you do the fist bump, but you have the same, you know, you, you look them in the eye at the time you do the fist bump. I mean, this is what they're still what what they're saying. Have Epidemiologists are saying <laughs> a firm fist bump. Um, what are you gonna do with your twelve hundred bucks? Uh, what can you do with twelve hundred dollars? <laughs> well, you're in L.A., so we're in the Bay Area, so nothing, not not yeah. a heck of a lot. I mean, it's three weeks groceries. Yeah. That's that's what twelve hundred bucks is to me. Three three weeks groceries. So that's uh, about right. It's yeah. not it's not it's not my mortgage and it's not rent. I'll tell you, nope. it's not rent for anywhere in the Bay Area that I know of. Not even renting a you can't even rent a room for twelve hundred bucks in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's not rent, but I mean it's it's three weeks groceries. Uh, right now, uh, my mortgage is I don't know about yours, but mine's kind of suspended. I'm still going to owe it, but uh, if I don't have the money to pay for it, I can put it off without damage to my credit. Yeah, lenders are doing that. They're, lenders are offering forbearances for for three months yeah. uh, be, because of what's going on. Lenders actually care about us. They care about us. They, they're they're going to see a moratorium on foreclosures, and uh, it's it's it would be bad PR for them to start foreclosing. What? Um, let me ask you this: what, What's the thing that you miss most um, since the shutdown? For me, it's the, it's the gym. That's that's my stress. I don't drink. I don't smoke pot. I don't you know do do edibles or anything like that. To like a lot of people do to relax or get rid of stress. I go to the gym every single morning, and I'm going out of my mind not being able to do that. And there's there's just stuff you can't do at at home. So so that's the thing that I miss the most about being locked down. What do you guys miss the most? Handshakes. <laughs> Handshakes and junior mints. <laughs> I completely miss the gym. Also, that's that's what I miss the most because I don't have access to all of that equipment at home. And you know, the body is no. an important thing, and you gotta you gotta do stretches, you gotta do movement, you gotta do rehabilitation to make sure the longevity of your body uh, is is moving towards. Uh, I feel like you know, shoulder pains, leg pains. We've all come up with exercises and 
different ways to rehabilitate our body and not being able to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm slowly, you know, all of that work, hard work is slowly going away. And it, that's, I think, what's the most. Yes. It's like I busted my tail in order to get these abs and now they're going away. Are you guys eating crap? Yeah, are you guys eating a lot of crap that you wouldn't yeah. normally eat? I mean, are you are you eating? I'm eating I like a lot of comfort food and stuff. For and sure, comfort food delivered. Yeah, you. So it's not just me. No, no, we're all we're all doing it. I mean, I don't bake. I baked three times so far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cookies, banana bread, fresh homemade bread. I, I did all that stuff, and I don't do that on the regular. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I don't eat potatoes and cheese for lunch on a regular day, but. I did. I spilled an entire kale smoothie on my kitchen floor this morning, though. So that was, I don't know if it was on purpose or an accident, but. I'm eating really healthy, actually, right now. Um, Well, I'm continuing my same dietary habits, which is always have a good bowel movement the next day, which is totally impacted by the food you eat today. So my goal is to poop right every day. So I got to eat, you know, my greens. I got to eat the right amount of food. Nothing that makes me poop weird the next day because I'm not happy then, you know. So you got to eat your vegetables. Well, well, thank you. You just put you just put me on a diet because I don't feel like eating after hearing that story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, here's something. I'm I'm I am a practicing Catholic. Either of you? Oh no, no. Okay. Well, the, well, you know, the, the Catholic Church during Lent, it's the Lenten season. During the Lent, the forty days before eat, leading up to Easter, you're not supposed to eat meat on Friday. It's a sin to eat meat on Friday. Well, bishops are saying that with all of, of the coronavirus stuff that we are sacrificing enough so now we can eat meat on Friday during Lent because of yeah. that. That rule's always from, I'm not a Catholic, but from my understanding that that rule's kind of always been fluid, at, you know, at, subject to necessity. Like I remember reading uh, at a zoo when I was looking at a capybara exhibit, you know, those giant rodents. Uh, yeah. Uh, during, during the Spanish conquest of South America, they, the Pope actually declared those fish because they couldn't get fish. <laughs> so the or the conquistadors could eat the capybara and because it lived in the water, it was declared fish. So I think those, that, that rule is kind of, you know, I don't want to get down on anybody's religion, but it seems that rule is kind of, no. it's kind of, it's arbitrary. It's, 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 it's also kind of subject to the rules of necessity. I mean, it's a tradition, I guess, that helps people stay connected to, to their faith, but, you know, when you gotta eat, you gotta eat. Mm-hmm. My mom's church has been impacted too. They uh, they're having online services, and you know. Oh yeah, because nobody's going to church. Even, yeah. even though Trump says on Easter Sunday we'll all be packed side no, by side. Won't. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that lunatic in Louisiana? You read about that guy, the guy in Louisiana, Which one? lunatic pastor. He's having thousand person church services and deciding. That oh, that's he, insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They got one of the worst outbreaks in Louisiana, and they believe it's because of Mardi Gras. One, one of the one of the, the it's one of the fastest growing. They say that's going to be the next place. It's New York right now is the epicenter, and they're saying Louisiana is going to be next because of the how fast the, the cases are growing. And he's having thousand person services. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah, you know, that's insane. It's a big mega church, and he's you know he's he's openly def- defying any kind of uh, social distancing rules. You know, he's calling them a hoax. Uh, he's following that whole line. And I, I, I don't trust it. I think he's really just trying to keep the money flowing. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. Wow. 
Well, how about this one? Um, most of the state, not most of the states, all pretty much all of the states uh, that have declared a shutdown and a shelter in place have allowed essential businesses to stay open. And generally, the, by essential businesses, what they mean are places where you can get food, places where you can get gas, doctor's appointments, things of that nature. Uh, well, you have gun store owners across the country who are suing states claiming that, number one, they have a constitutional right to sell guns at any time, and number two, that a gun store is an essential business. Well, I mean, that's just that whole gun mythos. We're, 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 we're gun crazy in this country. I mean, I own guns, but I'm not, I'm not a nut about them, and I, you know, now that I have kids, I don't even keep them in the house anymore, so they wouldn't be any use for me. There have been people who have been fighting um, I mean, actual physical violence over toilet paper. And we've all seen those those apocalyptic movies where people, you know, riot over because because supplies are low or 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 there's a food shortage or something. I mean, is there I mean, do they have a legitimate point that they may at some point need to protect their home and protect their family because of of shortages and, and because people are, in fact, going crazy? I mean, that, that that's their dream for most of these guys. They won't admit it. But for most of these gun nuts, shooting somebody's their dream. They're looking forward to that. I think to ease the tension, Shanti? some people should just learn how to wipe their butt like people do in third world countries. Bucket and water, man. You can make it past the toilet paper thing if you just learn how to do it. Get a bidet. I don't know. Water is a problem. Yesterday morning, I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning in order to go to Safeway to be at Safeway when they opened at 7 because that's, because uh, they they get their, their shipment at my Safeway on, on Thursday so I could be there when they open so I could get eight rolls of toilet paper. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, this yeah. is like, this is like pictures from the depression. I mean, it was a line of like a hundred people. I mean, this is like stuff from the depression pictures. I've seen of the depression, except get a, it's a color. Get up a day, Brian. As soon as they, they started this toilet paper stuff, I, uh, I ordered a bidet. It arrived four days ago. I installed it. It was easy. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super happy with it, man. It's uh, it, it's great. Uh, you're, you're clean, you know, it's either that or I had a handheld, handheld shower head before that. That was my fallback plan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a running theme, I think, with this headliners, and maybe we should move on. All right, well, I want to close it with this. Um, you have got some people who are doing some really stupid and, and dangerous things. Uh, there was a woman who, who went into a, a grocery store mm-hmm. and deliberately coughed on merchandise deliberately coughed on produce and on vegetables and 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 things and they called the police and she's arrested and been charged with making a making a terrorist threat and, mm-hmm. and they had to throw out thirty five thousand dollars worth of food then you got another guy who video recorded himself at walmart licking various items I he's walking to the store and lick and licking stuff and they arrested this guy too and charged him with uh, with uh, with making a terrorist threat for mm-hmm. for going through and, and you know picking up stuff and licking not to mention what he might have what he might have given himself you know by by being in that kind of contact with with things that you don't know who's touched what and you know picked it up and looked at it and put it and put it back down what do you think should happen to people that do things like this they think that it's funny or they think that it's a joke or they you know they're trying to get attention and you know both in, in the both these instances the, the, this man and this woman both both thought that they were being funny yeah i think at a time where things are happening 
it's I think they should be charged with you know criminal charges. The guy in New Jersey coughed on a grocery store worker and said, "I have coronavirus." Like that's not funny. At times like this, someone coughed out their window while driving behind their car the other day, and I was like, "This is the new age drive-by. That's a bio weapon in your mouth right now. Who knows who has wow. coronavirus?" So I think it should be taken very seriously because it's not funny. I don't think that's funny. I think if we start locking people up for thinking they're they're funny when they're not, we're gonna see an end to open mics. <laughs> gonna need to start building prisons <laughs> damon ferguson shanti Charan. i think this worked out all right i looked at this from three different locations around the state of california thanks very much for doing it doing thank the podcast thank you for having me i had a good time all right stay healthy and stay safe my friends you and too. i'll say that to you to the listeners as well stay healthy and and uh, and to stay safe um lots of you have been supporting the podcast over the course of the past five episodes i'm getting all kinds of email if you want to send me an email send it to brian copeland show at gmail you can also go to briancopeland.com uh people are asking how they can support the show no you don't need to send me money to support the show if you want to support the show real simple go to itunes or go to spotify or go to the kgo radio website and leave us a five-star review and that helps people find the show uh, Copeland's Corner is produced by Jaron Williams. It's engineered today by Charlene Goto and Casey Copeland. Original music by The Tearaways. I will check you out, God willing, next Friday. Until then, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live. <laughs>